welcome to Let's Reveal Manufacturing, a podcast show dedicated to exploring plant floor intelligence, revealing new insights on Industry 4.0, and investigating how all of this works together with state-of-the-art AI technology to make the plant floor work smarter, saving time, money, and headaches, and increasing that bottom line profit. So we want to welcome you today. So uh, my name is Mike Prince. I'm uh, CEO of Trumbull Inc. And uh, today we're sitting down talking with our founder, Jeff Trumbull, our founder and chief technology officer at Trumbull Inc. and RevealFactory.ai. Jeff, glad to be sitting down and talking with you. It's good to be here, Mike. Yeah, you bet. Well, today we just want to take a little bit of time and really kind of hear how you got started, Jeff. And uh, and, and how this whole journey came about. And so kind of my first question is just, just tell me your story. How did you get connected in the auto industry? Well, back when I was 18 years old and just graduating from high school, I had a, a good friend whose father worked for Ford Motor Company. And at that time, um, Ford was hiring and my friend's father asked me, hey, you know, if I don't know what your plans are, but I can get you hooked up at Ford Motor Company if you're interested in making some some good money. And uh, at the time, I thought it sounded like a good plan. So I took him up on it and ended up uh, as a UAW member and frontline worker for Ford Motor Company at the Sterling Axle Plant. Wow. So frontline worker, UAW. <laughs> Uh, member, you, you started right at the at the grassroots, right right there. I did, the I did. It was a very physical job. I, I was 18 years old. They, you know, and the way the UAW works is is the more seniority you have, the better jobs you get. Uh, so right away, they actually, I believe, I started the same day. Things were booming at that time. It was 19. Uh, mid what well, was the mid 70s and and uh, things were going strong so I ended up on uh, the day shift and slinging axles packing them manually in a rack about, I'd say maybe oh a thousand maybe 1200 axles a day but very very physical a lot of those jobs don't exist anymore yeah. but um, found myself uh, slinging axles and and uh, getting a lot of good exercise every day well, you built those muscles up, I'm sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. After a while, did they get a little tiring for you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, you know, but one thing about the union, you keep your eye posted on the job board. And if something comes up, you bid for it. So there's there's a bit of moving around. Um, but I ended up with mostly very physical jobs at that time. But that gave you really opportunities uh, to grow, didn't it? Oh, fantastic. Um, I ended up working on the front line for better than 10 years. Hmm. Really enjoyed that time in my life. Learned a lot from other people. Um, learned a lot about manufacturing, about the factory itself. And uh, really trusted my my co-workers. It, uh, it was a very good time. Really, really um, got a chance to to learn what teamwork is really all about. Yeah, so that's one of the most valuable lessons, isn't it? <clears throat> For sure. 
so after a while, you uh, you got the bug to do some some other things. You, uh, <clears throat> you got you yeah, got I, I, I and, actually... you, and you kind of set out on court to kind of kind of uh, mature your uh, your capabilities. Yeah, the the way the path went in uh, in the early '80s, Ford launched a, a new program called Employee Involvement mm -hmm. (EI). It was called. And man, I raised my hand. It was an opportunity to get off the line and, and you know, do something different. And uh, at that time, Ford was really pursuing getting all of the frontline workers involved. You know, that there was that constant challenge. Hey, everybody knows that the frontline workers know the equipment better than anyone. Um, they know that they're the guys that live 24-7, um, you know, on that plant floor across three shifts. So... The company, rightly so, was was really working to involve everybody, to get ideas, to do whatever it took to keep the line running, to keep the quality as high as we could possibly get it. So it was a great opportunity to, to be introduced into the business elements, quality control, uh, the importance of throughput, meeting schedule, and all that good stuff through this employee involvement program. So um, I joined. And after a while, I was leading a group. And then a short time after that, I was appointed by the UAW at Local 223 in Sterling Heights to be one of the coordinators for the employee involvement program at the Sterling Axle plant. So that was just a great experience and really introduced me to one of the earliest efforts at serious collaboration between management and frontline workers in the UAW. Hmm. That's great. Well, you told me a little bit earlier offline before we got on <coughs> interview today that uh, you had been a quarterback in high school. So certainly some of the leadership skills uh, <laughs> uh, were, were budding inside you and it looks like they had the opportunity to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suppose that's true. You know, I, I I enjoyed my high school sports. That's for sure. And the, yes, I did end up in a in a leadership position there. And uh, after that happened, I took advantage of Ford's free education programs. They they paid all the tuition, so um, I got my my bachelor of science degree and then a master's of, of business administration. Ford paid for the whole thing. Hmm. And they promptly promoted me to a production supervisor at that time. So that was, that was my transition from frontline worker to the management roles. And it was unusual because uh, I was actually supervising now my peers and people that I had grown close to and had a, a good uh, friendship with. So that was a bit of a strange dynamic, but for yeah. the most part, um, it was a pretty smooth transition. Well, good, good. Well, that, that whole journey, I'm sure, really led you to kind of the next season of your life. So my next question really is, what did you learn at the Ford, Ford plant in those various roles that were seeds for what we now call revealfactory.ai? Well, because of the journey that that I was on, I, I was very much aware that if I needed to know something about what was going on on the line, how healthy the equipment was, how the quality was was uh, going for a, a given day, 
I would go right to those frontline workers and, and get the real scoop because they're the ones living it down on the, the shop floor. So I spent a lot of time interacting with my people, knowing that, that uh, well, bottom line, that they're the ones that are tasked with uh, good quality, meeting schedule, keeping that equipment running. All of that responsibility is really tended to minute after minute, hour after hour by frontline workers, by, by those, those good people, sharp, innovative people, and not necessarily former, uh, formally educated. But from my experience, that had really very little to do with how good they were, how innovative and creative they could be given the opportunity. Yeah. So I leveraged that when I made my transition to, to the management roles. And uh, it actually ended up strengthening um, the relationship that I had with them, even though we were management and, and UAW, it was a real opportunity to, to introduce some serious collaboration. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about kind of that transition and what, <clears throat> what was the real opportunity that wasn't being addressed on the manufacturing floor that, that, got you into the position of saying, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave Ford. I'm going to do something different. Well, um, there was quite a few years. I mean, there was another uh, 15 years went by of understanding the plant life, the challenges of management, the business challenges. Um, and one thing that I that I had to struggle with and wrestle with, like all production management, was the information systems at the time um, were very, and still are, were very what I would call passive. There was no information that was really available um, when you needed it. So we were always getting blindsided in that that whole experience of of not only being a frontline worker, but also um, managing production was really a steady stream of surprises, mm, yeah. of always being blindsided, uh, the unexpected. You, you actually learned to, to expect the unexpected because there was just no way of anticipating what was going on. And I, I did a few years in quality management as well, where I learned an awful lot about uh, Edward Deming's approach to controlling quality, um, sampling, statistical process control, and all that good stuff that that was a movement towards actually forecasting or or really having a pulse on on maintaining good quality through that whole, sampling approach and manual transfer of all those those trends that that uh, started with critical characteristics so charting manually what mattered so all of that um, experience led me to at least attempt to build an automated system that would track in real time that same trending data so that it could actually be provided to management, which was the target at the time, without having to um, learn about it after the fact, after there was a disruption. 
So even though there was a lot of charting going on, those charts were not available. Someone had to literally walk to each of those those stands where those charts were and make a routine out of, of watching the trends. And it just was not practical at all. Yeah, so, and it just, would, so just like you said earlier, um, the, the key kind of pain point you were observing is you always had to be on your guard. You didn't know what was going to happen next. So you, you couldn't have a sense or a feel of um, say a risk that could be coming your way. Yeah, exactly. We, we would know just from experience that the equipment that would tend to fail and that kind of thing. But you're right, Mike. I mean, there was really no way of knowing until we were suffering through some, some quality event or some uh, uh, part that had gotten out of control and we're rejecting a significant percentage of product is, is when we would start actually doing the problem solving. So one, one other thing I, I wanna mention is the, the information systems were very good actually. A lot of data was being collected, massive amounts of data, and it was all available. So when it came time to data mine, once an engineer or anyone who really took the time learned how to data mine, we could always get to the bottom of it because of the high resolution data that was being collected and stored in databases at the time. Mm. But it but it didn't mitigate those constant pain points of, of line disruption. They were they were available, they were good for post-mortem, what we called post-mortem analytics after the fact. And then Ford had this extensive eight discipline or 8D process mm -hmm. yeah. to go back in time, do a post-mortem analytic, understand what went wrong, try to adjust procedures and put new procedures in, in place so that it wouldn't repeat. But it always did repeat. And there was there was without some sort of visibility of what actually was going on in the process, there was just no avoiding that that the seemingly infinite number of of things that could go wrong on the factory floor. So the systems were good. The data was all available, but it was not available at the right time. And there was no strategy of getting information to to people in real time, mm -hmm. which really is the, the only way to prevent anything from happening. So, so we built a shadow type example of this while I worked for Ford Motor Company. Oh, okay. And um, it, was a, it was an experiment and it was clunky. And it was interesting because when we turned it on, we had what we called pagers at the time. Mm -hmm. Probably remember that term. It, it yeah, dates uh, me. That, that's that, for was a, sure. that was a few years back. <laughs> yeah, there were no such thing as smartphones. So we got some pagers, and we had the system text a lot of of messages or page us. Yeah, whenever something was getting out of control, and when we turned it on, within the first eight hours, the battery was dead. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just but talk about the best plans. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I stopped getting what we called, you know, text pages. And uh, 
I'm thinking, wow, you know, I mean, it's, it's working. You know, we, we stayed up on it. We were fielding these things that are coming in. Well, it turned out that there was no more juice left. The only reason it settled down is because the batteries were dead. You thought okay. all was well. Exactly. <laughs> well, did you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's when we started to realize and I started to dig in, okay, th there needs to be some logic. There needs to be some rules. There needs to be filters. Yeah. I started to realize that how enormous the task really was to come up with a system that 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 would filter the things that truly don't matter. Well, what are those rules? What's that logic? And only let the things that really do matter uh, get through and, and the system actually communicate then through this pager technology to the front line. Mm -hmm. And that actually began this whole journey ah. of, of developing a system mm -hmm. that would end up being e eventually reveal, which is what we have now, yeah. but uh, not being a part of the IT organization at Ford, uh, the ideas were not received at that time. Here was a production guy who, who was you know, sharing a good idea, at least I thought at the time, with them. But the way the corporation was being run, production tends to production, engineering tends to engineering, IT tends to IT. <laughs> yeah. so, Everybody you know, working in their silos, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I took a buyout ah. in uh, uh, 2007. It was, uh, and why, to take that money, that that small, uh, I think it was a year's worth of, of uh, salary at the time, to build a system uh, that would do what we're discussing right now, that would monitor the system, that would filter out the noise, and that would communicate what mattered. Those, those were the three principles of of the design and then the whole thing was designed to reach frontline workers mm -hmm. because there just aren't enough professionals to make a difference to to ever be proactive there just aren't enough people to stay in front of the the small issues that would come up because every issue starts small yeah and then turns into a disruption because it's undetected yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> these are the principles that were just swirling in my mind when I took the buyout. And that that began the journey into Trumbull Inc. and, and what is now the, the Reveal Plant Floor Intelligence platform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so again, those three principles were... <clears throat> That, that really motivated you to design or the three principles that you designed reveal around were again? They are um, building a system that monitors the process, filters out the noise mm -hmm. and communicates only what's significant or what matters to the right frontline worker. Yeah. Because those three principles will result in proactive control or maintaining a really solid process because it's leveraging or mobilizing all of that human capital, all of those frontline workers 
that cover the whole plant floor. Yes. Yeah. So by building a system that can communicate and reach them, leveraging their expertise through their experience is what enables proactive control because it's it's actually controlling the machine and the quality at the point of operation mm -hmm. with high-speed computing tracking what's going on and alerting those frontline workers when there's there's something emerging as a potential threat to make a correction so i i guess the the way i like to say it is the frontline worker is really the hero yeah they're the ones that are making the difference they're the ones that can prevent things from happening all they needed and i came out of that group yes very talented group of people all they needed was a source of information you, you can't manage really what you can't see mm -hmm. none of us no matter That's what position awesome. we hold can do anything yeah. if we're not aware or we don't see what's going on so it really so, came full circle for you then uh, uh <clears throat> in a way uh, uh, starting out uh, on that front line um feeling the pain working every day seeing the challenges experiencing things that you could never impact or change and now here uh through through a, a storied career um setting out on your own your entrepreneurial efforts uh developing a solution um <clears throat> That, that's really kind of where we've ended up a full circle. Uh, that's, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, but it really is true. Yeah. Wow. Because the, the people on the factory floor are, are so critical and yeah. so um, the, the very group, the very people, whether you're going to make it that day schedule wise, get the right mix down the line, yeah. respond quickly to issues, maintain, you know, top quality or world-class quality is really all in the hands of, of those frontline workers that are tending to that process day in and day out. Well, hey, Jeff, we're, we're um, coming close on our episode time here. How about we uh, just take a pause here and pick this back up uh, in another episode and talk a little bit more about really the benefits to the frontline worker um, uh, in, uh, in another episode here. Can you do that? Can you stay on with us here a minute? That sounds really good, Mike. And, you know, I just want to mention, you know, collaboration is really what's exciting is those frontline folks started to merge with production and quality management engineering to, to build something very special. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that, that, that before we sign off here. Super. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you today and uh, we'll pick up our conversation here in the next episode. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Mike. Thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of the Let's Reveal Manufacturing Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, we would love for you to leave a review and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information on plant floor intelligence or anything else we've discussed on today's show, visit our website at www.revealfactory.ai or reach out to us directly at curious at revealfactory.ai. Yep, that's our email. If you're curious, reach out to us at the email address curious at revealfactory.ai. And we would love to talk to you more. 
Well, until next time, and don't forget to subscribe.